Austin 316 says I just whipped your... Call yourself the gorilla, yet you hee-haw out here like a jackass. What? I said, shut up. You can kiss my ass. Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. What? And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold sets out. Welcome to the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. This week is episode 129. It's the Redneck Triathlon, June of 2003. I'm Mike Pru, along with JV, as always. JV, how you doing this week? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Doing all right. Fucking yawning, so if I start yawning, don't don't fall asleep. And uh, listeners, don't fall asleep. I'll try not to yawn <laughs> because it can be contagious. <laughs> yeah, you can be yawning. I wasn't tired at all. Fucking start talking to you before I record. I'm fucking yawning. But hey, we got the fucking Red Sox are kicking ass. Yes. Red Sox in the ALCS, baby. That's fucking huge. Uh, you know what? All the people that were talking shit, too. Fuck you. Yeah, it was like one bad month. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they should have made a move at the deadline. And I was always, you know what? Fuck that. Don't make a move. Don't make a move. Like right. you, Chris you, Sale's they, coming back. Yeah. Continue to overachieve. Save your fucking cap. Don't do anything stupid. Don't trade away your farm. Because we're like all these apparently like young. Like all of a sudden we have like one of the best farm systems for pitching in baseball. Then we have some fucking big time hitters. Like why are you going to trade those guys? For who? Fucking over the hill guys. You know? That you're going to yeah. have to pay big contracts to? Fuck out of here. All right. They made they made a good move. <laughs> Everyone shit all, shit all over it at first. Uh, Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. That was a low risk. That was a low risk, high reward play. I liked that one. I'm yeah. not a, I was not a Schwarber fan, but it was a, it was like a, a realistic move. It was like, right. safe. Like, all right, we'll go and get a bat. It's like, all right, well, that guy can put him out the park. All right. You know, he's coming to a small park like fucking Fenway. I had him on my fantasy team, so I'd been following him already anyway. And I was like, oh, cool. Now we can root for him even more. Yeah. He's on the Red Sox. And, you know, everybody was saying that we should get Anthony Rizzo. And that shit, really. No, fuck him. He didn't. What? He, well, he's fucking at home now golfing with the rest of the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, you know what kills exactly. me? Like, baseball, I go this ebb and flow. It's like I enjoy it in, like, April. Like, yep. April, May, June, July. And then, yeah, like, August. So. Early September, like, all right, August, football's kicking up. Yep. September, football's kicking up. Yeah. <laughs> and then I get back into baseball again. It's like, all right, we're making the playoffs. Let's go. What, what happened in August? That's true. Like, if, it, <laughs> if September hits and they're not in the playoff picture, it's like, fuck it. I'm done with baseball. I don't think I watched a single game in August. I was watching a ton of games to start the season. Yeah. And then, like, August, I don't think I watched a single game. Wow. Yeah. I start. I... Yeah, I watched like early in the season like you, but then I stopped and I started up again in, in August. Yeah. Hey, I didn't pass on the yawn to you, but I passed on the sniffles to you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, my nose is running. It's crazy. It's fucking... It's like, I don't know why it's running. Dude. I cleaned my office today, so I think that's why there's all like leftover dust, shit around. Just yeah. floating around. Fucking cat Trickling hair. in your nose. Yeah. But it's clean in here. It feels good. 
You know when you like clean shit? Like I like, oh, yeah. like the walls. I got all the fucking dust off the floor. Threw a bunch of shit away. Like my, I could see my desk. My keyboard's clean. There ain't like fucking like, you know, keyboards can get nasty. It's funny how cleaning something can be like a sense of accomplishment. Dude, like, ah. great sense of accomplishment. I yeah. was like, and it feels good. I'm like, ah, it's clean in here. Feels like a new room. I feel like that with my laundry. <laughs> like, oh, same here. It's all fucking nasty and shit, and you're down to like your shittiest underwear that you have. <laughs> <laughs> and your sh- shittiest socks. Yeah. <laughs> and then you wash everything, and it's like, ah, oh, shit, I haven't seen these clothes in like two weeks. <laughs> these are good underwear. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, these are the Under Armour ones. <laughs> yeah. To the Hanes, I'm like, fuck. Yeah, the Hanes, oh, fuck. These, these ones are all loose in the ass. <laughs> yeah, like, these things yeah. suck. Like, this ain't got to cut it. You know, yeah. Especially if on a day where you get like swamp ass, you don't wipe your ass the right way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gets all curly. Yeah. yeah. That's the fucking worst. I hate that. <laughs> all right, so we do have a wrestling podcast to do, right? Right? We could do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. We could do that. I Episode one twenty nine. Episode one twenty nine, Redneck Triathlon. And yeah, Stone Cold's gonna be back at it. And this is gonna be a fun one. This was a fun one, you know, writing these notes and getting ready for this one. So, yeah. Looking forward to getting into this. But before we do that, uh, follow us on Twitter at BottomLineCast and follow me, Mike Pruitt, at MPRU83. Follow JV at John Van Damage. And please take some time out to write us a nice little five star review on Apple Podcast. You know, hit five stars and give us a nice little write up. And we just got. A new review in the past few days. And it was from Cup Norris on Apple Podcasts. So Cup Norris. I'm not sh- exactly sure who that is, but I have what an was idea. It? Chuck Norris? Cup Norris. Cup, Cup Norris? Nice. Like Cooper Cup, but Cup yeah. Norris. Well, not exactly because that's spelled differently. But Cup, yes. Like drink out of the Cup Norris. That's a funny name. Cup Norris. I wonder if it is a take on Chuck Norris. Uh, what, fuck, did he, what did it? What did maybe he the guy's name is Cup. But anyway, the the heading is "Love You Assholes." <laughs> so oh, starts awesome. off right. It's like all right. It says assholes, but love you before, so that's a good thing. I like that. We get the five stars, and it reads, "You guys are great, just great. Thank you for what you do. Gold this podcast. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, thanks, Cup Norris. Love your name, yeah. by the way. Badass name." Thanks for the review. And you guys, you know, listeners out there that have been listening for the past three years, if you've been enjoying, put it out there. Let us know. Because eventually, we're not going to be doing this show anymore. So <laughs> tell us now while we're doing it. <laughs> so thanks, guys. And uh, you know, keep those reviews coming. So thanks a lot, Cup Norris. This episode is dedicated to you. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that was kind of a eh. <laughs> So let's move on anyway. Yeah, I've heard worse. It was fine. Yeah, no, no. No, that was good. So previously on episode 128, which was The Hangover, and that was May of 03, quick little rundown of what happened. Flair tries to prove that he's still got it. He goes up against Triple H, and Flair is going to remain loyal to Triple H. because They try to set up like there's going to be a rift between them, but uh-uh, not going to happen. Rick Flair remains loyal to Triple H, and he's set on to take up uh, Triple H is set to take on... No, not Triple H. Flair is set on to take on... What the fuck am I saying? Set on to take on. Set on to take on. You good, bro? 
And I, I took a nap before this. So I don't. I should be fine, but you know, when you wake up real quick and you start trying to do something, <laughs> like fucking motor mouth, you're saying things before you even know what you're saying. So anyway, Flair is set up to take on HBK Bad Blood. That's better. Yay! I I said a sentence properly. Woohoo! <laughs> so anyway, continue with the uh, recap. Austin fucks with Eric Bischoff while he's hungover from Judgment Day. Then Austin has a big beer bash with Lillian Garcia. That was pretty damn fun. So now, that brings us to June 2nd, 2003. I'm going to start coverage first with Raw 523 from June 2nd, 2003. And this is live from San Diego, California. And if you're going to watch this episode on Peacock, it's Season 11, Episode 22. And we're going to get right into some audio. It's in the GM's office. Stone Cold and Eric Bischoff are going to talk about Blad, Bad Blood coming up. And who's going to be presenting it? Is it going to be Bischoff or is it going to be Stone Cold? Take a listen to this clip and we'll be right back. You know what, Steve? We not only look good together. I mean, we're starting to work pretty well together. you got to love what I just did. I mean, Test versus Steiner. The winner gets Stacy, and Eric Bischoff presents Bad Blood. <laughs> it's great. But, uh, what are you looking at? First of all, don't ever touch me again. Second of all, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin presents Bad Blood. And, okay, as far as me giving you a little credit, okay, I'm fine with the match you made. That's great. But let's talk about tonight. We need something to go tonight for the show, Monday Night Raw, that you and me are working on, right? Right. What do you got in mind? Okay, I got a match. What I want to do, I want to make Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, and the Hurricane versus Triple H, Ric Flair, and last but not least, Randy Orton. How do you feel about that? Great minds think alike. I mean, I'm loving it. I mean, we're getting along a lot better than anybody thought we would. Don't you agree? I like it. Not really, but uh, let's uh, let's don't talk about that. Let's talk about the uh, bad blood. Have you uh, given any more thought to uh, you and me? At an event? You weren't serious about that, were you? I mean, you didn't really want to compete with me, did you? Yeah. I mean, what do you what do you think? I mean, you're not thinking some redneck, cow pie tossing, tobacco spitting kind of thing, are you? Well, I mean, that's always been a lot of fun for me, but uh, it could be a little more involved than that. I don't think it's something quite that simple, but. If you're uh, willing to put your uh, gears to work, put your brain to work, get everything spinning up there, I mean, uh, and I'm going to do the same. We can think about this and think of something, but I think it should be, uh, I don't know, it'd be easier for me to win one event, you know, so maybe it should be more than one event. Huh. Why don't we do a, uh, a triathlon? If we're going to compete, let's compete. A what? You know, three events. A triathlon. Yeah. That's three events, right? Yeah. Three. I'm up for it. How about you? Well, <laughs> so you're a triathlete, huh? Well, I can be if I need to be. Okay, since you're the triathlete, I'm somewhat of a redneck, as you say. Why don't we uh, combine the two ventures and make it a redneck triathlon? <laughs> <laughs> you're on. <laughs> I'm liking it, I think. Redneck triathlon? Redneck triathlon. You and me, Stone Cold, Eric Bischoff. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin presents Bad Blood. Eric Bischoff and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Eric Bischoff present Bad Blood. You're on. 
okay, you and me will get together and we'll think about this. We're we'll going to out the events. We will do it. And so, so, you know, it doesn't really favor me or favor you, this equal opportunity uh, competition. Handshake, please. You got it. Thank you very much. And this doesn't mean we're friends. All right, so we start off with Eric Bischoff. He's in the office. He's staring at his portrait. And he says, Steve, not only do we look good together, we're starting to work pretty well together. And Austin and Bischoff argue over who presents bad blood. Austin wants to make the main event for tonight. He wants to make the main event for Raw. He says, HBK, Nash, and Hurricane. What a tag team that is. HBK, Nash. That works. You know, that's the old team. Two dudes with attitude. But then, Hurricane Helms thrown into the team. And they will take on Triple H, Ric Flair, Randy Orton. Eric says, you know, that's a great idea. Bischoff says that. You know, they're getting along so much better than anyone would have ever thought. And Austin just says, not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> and Austin wants to talk about Bad Blood and what their competition will be. You know, because they have this head-to-head competition going on, but they never talked about the details of what it will be. You know, Bischoff didn't think Austin was serious about this competition. And Austin says, yeah, he was serious. But Bischoff asks Austin, you weren't thinking some, you know, redneck, cow pie, tossing, tobacco spitting kind of thing, are you? Austin says that, you know, they need to think more about what kind of event it will be. But he thinks it should be more than one event. So Eric's like, oh, yeah, okay, how about a triathlon? Austin acts like he's not familiar with the term. Eric tells him, you know, it means it's three events. <laughs> so it's funny, Austin's acting like he doesn't know what it means. So Eric says, yeah, it's three events. And then Austin then questions Eric and says, so you're a triathlete? So all of a sudden he knows exactly what it is. <laughs> it's like, where'd you pull that word from if you didn't know what triathlon yeah, yeah, was? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're a triathlete? And I'm a redneck. I didn't realize that. It's a good catch. <laughs> so he continues, uh, I'm a redneck. So why don't we combine the two and venture, you know, two ventures and call it Redneck triathlon. Austin laughs about it. Eric laughs. And Eric's like, you're on. I'm liking it. I think. <laughs> I like that. Eric. Eric's growing on me with his uh, comedy bits here. Yeah, yeah. He really is. That was a good, good delivery here. So anyway, they agreed to it. And they go back and forth about who's presenting bad blood again. You know, is it Eric Bischoff presents? Or Stone Cold presents? Blah, blah, blah. Back and forth. Austin says it will be equal competition. They will shake they shake hands on it. They say it's a deal. The deal is sealed. And Austin reminds Bischoff. <laughs> he just has to throw this in right at the end. We're not friends. <laughs> so Eric's getting a little too chummy chummy with Austin. And Austin has to put him back in his place. Like, hey, not your buddy. Fucking fired me from WCW. <laughs> so anyway, backstage now we continue on later in the show. Stone Cold's going to stop Chris Jericho and Christian. They're, they're running amok on the show, and they got shit going on with Goldberg. So, Co-GM has to has, has some business to deal with with Jericho and Christian. So, Jericho and Christian are backstage. Austin's going to stop them. Austin asks where they think they're going. Jericho says they're getting out of there because they're running away from Goldberg. Austin says they're not leaving. He says, no, you ain't. No, you ain't. You're not leaving. So, Austin makes a match for Chris Jericho and Christian. Take on Booker T and Goldust. 
In that match, Booker T pins Christian for the win after a scissor kick. Goldberg runs in, spears Jericho, but Jericho moves. Charles Robinson takes a huge spear from Goldberg. And Jericho has avoided the spear once again. So that's been the gimmick with Jericho, is that he's avoiding Goldberg's spear every single time. So that's what he's holding over Goldberg, is, ah, you can't get me, you can't spear me. So that's what they're doing with him. And <laughs> he avoided it once again. So now we move on to the next clip, and Stone Cold's going to have a confrontation with Kane. This one's a little longer, about a five-minute clip. But it's building to something good. Take a listen to this, and we'll be right back. What's he doing here now? That's what I want to know. Oh, there's no telling. How about the Texas oh, Rams? Oh, snake? I know. He was going to talk about RBD, the Redneck Rams. you are line. dismissed. What? RBD's dismissed for the evening. Well, that wasn't a committee meeting. Hey, look at me. Uh-oh. And while you're looking at me, you can bring your ass right into the middle of the ring. What are you doing? And I'm not talking about just right now. I'm talking about last week. I'm talking about your whole damn attitude. I'm talking about every single thing you've been doing. I've been watching you. And you don't know I've been watching you, but I've been watching every single thing you do, Kane. And when I look at you, you ain't got to say nothing to me. When I look at you, I'm not impressed. You're lackadaisical at best. And I sit there, I watch your little video, your entrance, your little video thing that comes on. It says, the fire burns within. Where's it at? Do you still want this anymore? You understand what I'm saying to you? You just got rolled up like that. One, two, three. That's it. That's simple. That's that easy to beat you. That's all it takes. I thought you were going to choke slam one of them bitches right through this mat. You didn't do a damn thing. Can I piss you off tonight? Can I make you mad? That's what I'm asking. Do you feel anything underneath that mask? Let me get the hair out of your ass so you can see me. Huh? Does that make you mad? Huh? Does that do anything to you? Huh? No. Look at me. Turn around and look at me. Spin around. Are you getting mad? Are you pissed off yet? What I gotta do to you? How's that? What if I take your little grubby hand and I put it right here? Hey, where's the cane that beat my ass and took me to hell and back and took my title from me in a first blood match? Does that son of a bitch still breathe? 
Come here. I'll come over there. I'm going to make it easy for you. Trick me. Without a shadow of a doubt, the sorriest, weakest son of a bitch I think I've ever seen. Come on, let's get this workout started. All right, so we have a match. It's Kane taking on Rene Dupree from La, La Resistance. And Dupree wins after a low blow to Kane. Kane has lost back-to-back weeks now at this point. Right after this match, where Kane takes this loss to Rene Dupree, Stone Cold's music hits immediately. So Austin gets into the ring. He tells RVD to leave because RVD was at ringside with Kane, his tag team partner. Tells RVD to beat it. Austin tells Kane to look at him and bring his ass to the middle of the ring. Stone Cold's going to dress Kane down right in the middle of the ring in front of everybody. What are you doing? I'm not just talking about right now. I'm talking about every single thing you've been doing. I've been watching you. Austin says that he's not impressed with Kane. You're lackadaisical at best. Austin says he's watched Kane's entrance video package, and it says, the fire burns within. That's what it says on the big Titantron. The fire burns within. And Austin says, where is that? You know, Austin questions Kane if, if he wants it anymore. You get rolled up. You get rolled up in the ring. One, two, three. That's it. That's simple. It's that easy to beat you. That's all it takes. <laughs> I love this. I love how he's just fucking ripping into Kane. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. It's like, that's how easy it is to beat Kane. Yo, yeah. Kane. Roll up, one, two, three, because you got hit in the nuts. Austin tells Kane he, he thought he would uh, chokeslam one of those son bitches through the mat. <clears throat> you didn't do a damn thing. Can I piss you off tonight? <laughs> Austin gets in Kane's face. Can I piss you off tonight? He's trying to motivate. What a question to ask someone. <laughs> Can I piss you off tonight? <laughs> Only Austin could get away with that and make it sound cool. Oh, that's great. That's a great line. So... Austin grabs the hair covering Kane's eye, just whips it back. 
So that's a nice little touch too, because you don't want to get touched either. Like that's you know, disrespectful. Put your hands on someone else's hair and flip it back. <laughs> so Austin does that. He goes, "Let me move that hair covering your eyes so you can see me." Does that make you mad? Does that do anything to you? And Austin pushes Kane and trying to like egg him on. Come on, come on, look at me. Turn around. Look at me. Spin around. Then Austin spins him around, just grabs him by the shoulder and spins him around. Austin puts his arm on Kane's shoulder and spins him around, like I said. And then he's like, how's that? (laughs) How's that? And at this point now, camera cuts down, and you see Austin just like, (laughs) it's like he's uh, putting out a cigarette on Kane's boot. (laughs) He's just (laughs) turning his foot on top of Kane's foot. How's that, huh? How's that? Like, what if you take your little grubby hand and put it right here? A little grubby. So Austin puts Kane's hand on his own neck. Kane removes his hand. He goes, and Austin continues, where is the Kane that beat my ass and took me to hell and back and took my title from me in a first blood match? Does that son of a bitch still breathe? And then he grabs Kane's hand again. Throws the hand on his own neck once again. And I'm thinking this is like Drill Sergeant from the, the Drill Sergeant from Full Metal Jacket. Yep. Harley Army. Come on, Joey! What's like, his you, name? I, I never knew. I always forget his name. I would say I was Harley Emery. Harley, Harley Emery. Okay. Yeah, Emery. Yeah. Or Emery. But yeah, him. you know, he's always that Drill Sergeant role yep. forever at that point. He was even on the History Channel for the show when he was playing that character. Yeah, he's typecast. Oh, big time. Oh, even in, um, he was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. Like the remake, and he was that same he role. Was the, yeah, he was he the was, father. The cop. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's what it reminded me of. Like, Kane is Gomer Pyle from Full Metal Jacket, and he's about to go nuts and, like, just kill kill Austin. But that, that's not what's going to happen here. But that's what it feel, feels like. Like, oh, watch, watch it, Austin. He's going to go Full Metal Jacket on your ass. <laughs> So anyway, Austin calls Kane the sorriest son of a bitch he's ever seen. And then he smacks Kane across the face. <laughs> then Kane reacts and puts his hand around Austin's neck. So finally, Austin's got what he wanted. Kane sets for a choke slam. Austin's screaming, Do it! Do it! Kane then releases. Austin should have just shut up, probably. Kane would have choke slammed his ass, but Kane didn't like being told what to do, apparently. So, Kane's having some kind of nervous breakdown, and he seems to have lost his confidence at this point, and that's why Austin's trying to help him get it back. You know, so Austin's had enough of this Kane being a big puss. <laughs> it's like, they're like, all right, you're not going to choke slam me? Fuck you, wham, stun him. <laughs> stuns Kane. And Jerry Lawler and JR, they both don't know what to make of this going on in the ring. And uh, Austin's not happy with Kane. Kane is back up, and he's staring at Austin who's now on top of the ramp. And Austin's finally pleased to see that Kane looks pissed off. So there'll be more to this story in time to come. There is a poll later in the show on Raw. Remember, this is the time where we're getting the online polls. They're using that to the full extent. And the poll is, was Stone Cold justified in stunning Kane? 76% said yes, 24% said no. (laughs) These random polls. (laughs) Yeah. Should Austin have done that? Like, who knows? <laughs> like, 
should Austin have even come out there in the first place and shit all over Kane? That's one thing. Stun him, that's another thing. Anyway, so there'll be more, like I said, to come with this story. The Kane story of 2003, which is interesting shit. So I'm looking forward to covering more of this. All right, also backstage, Triple H has a plan for this main event coming up. And Triple H is shown leaving. He's leaving the official's office, the, the referee's. And he has a big smile on his face. Triple H says that he has a big plan that may just work out. And there might not even be a Hell in a Cell match against Kevin Nash at Bad Blood. So he might have some kind of deal with the referees. We'll see about this. Triple H tells Ric Flair and Randy Orton that they will soon see what he means. All right, now we go to another audio clip. This one's a brief one. It's in the GM's office again. And now the referees are going to come make a visit to Stone Cold and Eric Bischoff. Maybe it has something to do with Triple H visiting them. We'll see. Take a listen to this clip, and we'll be right back. Stop, stop, stop. The senior referee, please explain to me what's going on. I can't listen to everybody at one time. Slowly. Triple H came in and talked to us about the Hell in a Cell match. Right. On Judgment Day, Triple H hit me in the shoulder with a sledgehammer. And if you remember, at the last Hell in a Cell, Triple H entered... Injured referee Tim White. He hasn't refereed since. Not since. So what are you saying? You ain't gonna do the match? I'm not gonna do the Hell in a Cell match. Well, I'll get you. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Let me let me get this straight. Hell in a Cell is the main event at Bad Blood, our pay per view. You're telling me that you're not gonna referee the match? Not no. Well, let me. Are you gonna referee the main event tonight? I'll re- I'll do the main event tonight. All right. Then go. Let me and Eric talk about this. Thank you. What are we gonna do about Bad Blood? I know, because you ain't doing nothing. I'll do it. I know the man is sick enough, tough enough, and I know the man is crazy enough to referee this match. All I got to do is make one single phone call. Trust me, this is a crazy son of a bitch. All right, so we're back, and the referees are now in the GM's office here. They're complaining to Eric and Stone Cold about... How it's been so unsafe to be a referee lately. Charles Robinson was just taken out by Goldberg Spear. And there's just been constant referees getting hurt in the ring. So the refs say that Hell in a Cell is a dangerous match. And it leads to injuries to referees all the time. And Earl Hebner says, you know, they're not going to do the job. We're not going to do it. We're not going to officiate the Hell in a Cell match. What they should have said is, you're fired. <laughs> if I mind you of the guy that remember that dude that used to come in NEP? Yes. He just used to you're say fired. you're fired. And <laughs> we all be laughing like, yeah, fuck you. What are you it's talking like about? Old dude. <laughs> then he got annoying. It was like, ah, oh, this fucking guy again. <laughs> right. It's like funny the first or a couple times. Or it's funny when it's not you. Like, ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy's bugging you now with you're fired. <laughs> For those not, for those listening who don't know, you won't know what NEP is, but it was New England poultry. It was a meat market where JV and I were at this time, 2003, June 2003, we were working there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. <laughs> I had, you had been there for years already, and I had I had just started there. Yeah, I started in I, uh, 99, I think. 99, shit. That, that early? 
You're already there four yeah, years. heading into my sophomore year of high school. Wait, how old? I started when I was... 2000, probably, then. I would have been 16. And... No, it was 99. I was 15 when I started. Oh, shit. <laughs> it was right before I turned 15 I started. Oh. Yeah, so you were there. It was like May, yeah, May 99, because then, like, I was working, four but years. I wasn't supposed to be, and then I got my permit at 15. When I turned yeah. 15, like, then I was okay to finally work. My brother, same thing. My brother started when he was, like, early 14. Like, he had just turned 14. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but yeah we all the worked there. Yeah. That was fun shit. <laughs> we've, we've said this before, but we haven't said it here, but I don't know if anybody else feels like this. Like, they must. You know, you have dreams where you're back at those old jobs. I do. Yeah. I do, dude. I think I actually <laughs> had one, like, recently. It's like so weird because it just—it feels like you're just back at it. Yeah. Or even like dreams that you're in school again. Like I have dreams so, so I like I, maybe it's because I work in school, but I have dreams that like I'm back in school and like I half know that I've already graduated, but it's like, oh yeah, I get to go again. I get to go again. <laughs> like, yeah, weird. I have, like, I have I, dreams where I'm like, like I'm repeating high school at, at as an adult, and it's like <laughs> yeah, normal. Yeah, same here. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say, basically. <laughs> like, I'll be, like, playing basketball, but I'm, like, an adult playing. <laughs> I'm in high school, and I'm, like, way better than everybody. Because <laughs> I'm a fucking grown man. <laughs> oh, man. All right, that was kind of random, but, hey, that came to mind. All right, so let me continue here. So the referees, you know, they're saying, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. So Eric wonders, you know, what are they going to do about bad blood then? Austin says he knows what we're going to do. I know a man that's, you know, he's just sick enough, tough enough, crazy enough to referee this match. All I have to do is make one call. Trust me. Then in the background, you can automatically just hear the chant, Foley, Foley, Foley. So the crowd is well aware of what's going down. They are not surprised. But that kind of sucks, though. You ruin the surprise. It's like, Fuck off, you assholes who read the Observer or whatever. <laughs> You're just chanting the ship because you already know it's coming. Damn them. All right, so now we get to the main event of Raw. It's Triple H, Ric Flair, and Randy Orton taking on HBK, Kevin Nash, and the Hurricane. This match kicks off at 1 hour 23 minutes and goes the duration of the show, which would be about 10 minutes. I'm going to skip ahead right to the finish. We got Triple H, not the legal man at this point, but he gives... The Hurricane, a pedigree, while Earl Hebner is tied up with Ric Flair, who is not the legal man either, but the legal man is Randy Orton. He goes in, he covers the Hurricane. Earl then turns around, right at the right time, of course. You know, he's bothering Ric Flair, Ric Flair's bothering him. All right, now it's time to turn around, make the cover. So, he goes to make the cover, but after counting two, he looks at the Hurricane's shoulder, which appears to not be completely on the mat. Earl doesn't count to three. So he notices that the shoulder's up. He says something to Hurricane. He doesn't make the three count. You see him make the one, two. He doesn't make the third count. He pauses, looks at the shoulder that's up. And then he calls for the bell. So I'm thinking at first, and same with Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. Like, all right, so what's the call then? Like, why are you ringing the bell? Is there some kind of DQ? What is it? 
Crowd's confused. Everyone's confused. Earl's walking around like a fucking idiot. Like, there's been no call made. And he's just roaming around. <laughs> like, all we got was a bell. And Kevin Nash just... He's gonna jackknife, powerbomb, triple H. I get, you know, in the midst of confusion, you have these guys in the ring that don't know what the fuck's going on. You know, this is something to go back and watch and just look at everybody not knowing what the hell's going on, and it's all Earl Hebner's fault. <laughs> they thought this match was supposed to be over, like one, two, three. But I think Hurricane's shoulder being slightly up, like fucked up Earl Hebner. Who was supposed to just probably count one, two, three, quick, you know, like normal, and that'd be the end of the match. But he stopped. He stopped, yeah. He stopped and recognized it, and was like having a brain fart. Like, oh, oh shit, that's the finish. I gotta fucking, <laughs> I gotta ring the bell. <laughs> so, so everybody so knows because it's so blatant that he stopped to count. Never counted three, so everyone's like, "What the hell's going on?" So the referees like. I mean, um, the announcers, Jerry Lawler and, and JR, they don't even, like, cover for him. <laughs> They're just like, what's going on? Because <laughs> usually they'd be like, oh, that was a three count. Yep, that's right. That was yeah, three. Yeah, they, they start, like, cackering right. up. Right. But everyone's just like, huh? What's going on? So JR says that, you know, this show it just shows. You know, this is a good line from JR, though. He goes, this is a good cover. And I know this is a cover. It's not fucking part of the storyline. This is J- JR. Doing a good job now covering at the final minutes of Raw. Maybe from Vince McMahon yelling in his ear, like, you got to say something like this. <laughs> so JR says that, you know, this show, you know, this just shows how concerned the referees are about the hell in a cell. Basically saying, like, Earl Hebner is, like, so shooken up, he doesn't even know how to do his job anymore because he's so stressed out about getting beat up in the hell in a cell match. It's like, no. Good cover, good cover, but Earl fucked up big time. There's no way around it. He fucked up. This is horrible. This is oh hell no material right here. Oh hell no for Earl Hebner. It's been a long time coming since you got an oh, oh hell no. And you deserve one here again. On episode 129, Redneck Triathlon. What the fuck was going through your mind, dumbass man? Brain fart. Live TV. He knows he's supposed to count three. He stops. Senior, senior official. Senior moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we all fuck up. From here, from time to time. All right, so that's my coverage, JV, of Raw, and you're gonna take over, and it's gonna be a Raw that was on your birthday. You know, we were just talking about, you know, your birthday around this time, and there it was, June 9th, two thousand three. All right, so that wraps up my coverage of Raw five twenty three from June second, two thousand three, and now JV, this next episode of Raw, it's on your birthday, so take it away. Yeah, my nineteenth birthday. Uh, so yeah, Raw 524, June 9th, 2003, Season 11, Episode 23 on the Peacock, live, this episode was, in Miami, Florida. So this kicks off with a backstage segment between Stone Cold and Triple H. So Austin is in his office and Triple H walks in. Triple H is demanding to know who this special referee is going to be at Hell in a Cell at Black Bad Blood. Austin says he's not telling him. Triple H is using a I'm the world champion card, but Austin doesn't give a shit. So Triple H is trying to flex his muscle. Like, you know, he's the alpha in town. He's the, he's got the belt. Like Austin should be, you know, sharing this information with him. And, you know, 
Austin in typical fashion is just like, you know, kick rocks, buddy. I'm not fucking tell you, telling you everyone. And he, he reinforced that when he says he'll tell everyone, including Triple H, when he's damn ready to. Austin tells Triple H to have a nice day. <laughs> and we don't know what that means. So Triple H pauses as if he knows who it is, which I thought was a well-played move by Austin. Yeah. But also a dead giveaway to everyone else watching, which was good. All right. If he listened to the crowd last week, then he would already know. Yep. <laughs> Holy, holy. Smart fans. <laughs> so next up, we got an audio segment for you here. It's Stone Cold and Eric Bischoff, and they're going to spin the wheel. It's three minutes long. Give it a listen, and we'll be right back. <laughs> We're back live here. What folks. is so funny? It's not funny. It's great. I mean, look at it. Yeah, look at it. What is it? It's the wheel. Look, we got the redneck triathlon, right? we got to come up with three events. We've been talking about your ideas, my ideas. So I, I figured I'll just put all of our ideas on the board. You did this all by yourself, didn't you? Yeah, you absolutely. Me. Well, I took your ideas, but that's okay. And I figured at the pay-per-view, we'll spin the wheel three times. Whatever comes up, luck of the draw, that's what we'll do. Like Wheel of Fortune, I get to spin the wheel and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, look at it. It's got bull riding, pig pen fun. I bet you did a lot of that in Texas when you were going up. Monster truck rally, cow tipping, you name it. All that redneck stuff you guys do in Texas. All right, well, get out of the way and I'll spin it. No, 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 please, please. Allow me. <laughs> you want to go first? I've had... It's always about Eric Bishop, ain't it? No, it's not. This is all for fun. Come on, it'll All right, since it's Stone Coast Steve Austin presents Bedwood, go ahead and spin the wheel. Oh, give me a break. Just watch this now. How much pie do you think you can eat? I can eat a lot of pie. You eat a lot of pie? I can eat a lot of pie. You don't get it, do you? What, what do you mean I don't get it? Let me think about it. Think about strawberry pie, apple pie, blueberry pie. No, you don't, you don't get how stupid, are you? You ever listen to The Rock when he's talking about eating pie? It's not cherry pie, it's not strawberry pie, it's not pecan pie, it's not pumpkin pie. It's just poontang pie. You, you, you know, poontang pie? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, you do like poontang pie, I assume? I mean, because if you don't, we're... we're oh, no, 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 no. I mean, if you're in. Well, I'm in. I mean, you can satisfy a uh, lady friend, right? Oh, more than one if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to hear. So you're in. I'm in. That's event one. That's event one. And we'll save the rest for later. We'll save the rest till later. But now, let's talk about tonight. Hell in a Cell, special referee. I know you put in a couple calls. I know what you're thinking. Is it... it... Bang, bang! Is that him? Do that one more time? Bang, bang! What do you think? Did you get him? I'm not going to tell you just yet. Oh, man. But I will let you know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. JR, do you believe what we just heard? One of the events in the Redneck Triathlon is going to be pie-eating? Oh, my gosh! Pie-eating right on pay-per-view! What are the other two going to be? I have, I have no idea. You saw the wheel. We're still waiting for Stone Cold's announcement as to who will be the special guest referee in the Hell in the Cell this week. So, uh, a lot of news. Now, ladies and gentlemen, last week... Heard of- All right, so Stone Cold and Bischoff are backstage, and there's a big wheel. So, you know, like, um, if you ever gone to, like a, like, a raffle or something... It's like, you know, just like a fucking like, wheel of fortune, like a wheel of fortune. It's, it's all it's, you know, it's segmented out like with 
like in, in segment in segments each each segment of the pie has something uh each slice of the pie has like a has something on it it's like a picture and some wording and eric is laughing meanwhile austin's kind of he's kind of baffled he doesn't understand the purpose of the wheel so bischoff says that in order to determine the three events for the redneck triathlon they can use this wheel each of their ideas are on the wheel so now austin's annoyed and he's annoyed with the fact that Eric did this without asking Austin. So Austin eventually gets past that, and he compares it to the wheel of to the wheel of fortune. He says, "Spin the wheel and see what happens." So Austin is anxious to spin the wheel, but Eric cuts him off and wants to do it first. So Eric goes ahead and spins the wheel, and it lands on pie eating as stipulation number one. Oh, Austin says he can eat a lot of pie. Here we go. <laughs> Pie jokes. Austin, yeah. Austin says, Eric doesn't get it. How stupid are you, Eric? Austin says, this is about poontang pie, like the rock. <laughs> like the rock. Austin asks Eric if he, if he likes poontang pie. And Austin asks Eric if he can satisfy a lady friend. And Eric says, more than one if he has to, which was funny. It, just, I, it was kind of crazy how... They did this. Yeah. Like, they, just like, being like, would never do something like this. Right. Like, yeah, we're going to eat pussy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, I don't think The Rock even like explicitly. No. They go all into it. You know, kind of defined Poontang Pie. It's all, it's implied. Right. Obviously. Right. But it they just went out and just like explicitly like, yeah, it's pussy. <laughs> I'm going to have two of them. saying it. Yeah, I could do two. I could satisfy two pussies at the same time. <laughs> So they oh, decide to, to save the rest for later. You know, the rest of the uh, the, the selections wheel. from the wheel. Spin the wheel. Make a deal. <laughs> Remember that? WCW. Yeah. Halloween Havoc. Yep. It was like a little midget. Spin the wheel. Make a deal. That was, that was one of my favorite Halloween Havocs. <laughs> that was a good one. Wasn't Elvira hosted that one too? Was she the in that one? one? Maybe the year before. I, no. I could be wrong. So Eric starts to pick Austin's brain about who... The special guest referee is. And he asks if it's bang, bang. Austin decides not to tell him, but he'll let him know eventually. So from there, we get to another another audio clip. And spoiler, it's Stone Cold and Mick Foley. Oh, it's Foley's little boy. Yes. So this is about two minutes long. Give it a listen and we'll be right back to, uh, to cover it. Steve Austin! about to find out who that special referee is going to be it's my pleasure right now to introduce one of the toughest opponents i've ever faced in that ring oh boy and the only man crazy enough and sick enough to referee the hell in the cell match i'd like to introduce you to the hardcore legend Mick Foley! It's him! Mick Foley! It is Mick Foley! Oh my gosh! It is him! Mick Foley's here! Marco Francis Foley! Moses! Moses Foley's baby boy! Goes all about hell of the Cell King! Mick Foley will be the special referee for the 300 pound 7 foot Kevin Nash! One-on-one with the best in the business, 
Paige can't be happy about this, JR. Yes, he is back. Triple H retired Mick Foley almost three years ago. Thank you very much. As it turns out, Mrs. Foley's little boy has come back home. <laughs> In a big way. You see, there were times I could have sworn I was done with wrestling, that I never stepped foot back in a WWE ring. But the truth is, you can take Mick Foley out of the WWE, but you can't take the WWE out of Mick Foley. Welcome home, Mick. And so, when I sat at home last Monday night watching Raw, as I always do, and I heard Stone Cold Steve Austin talk about the one man who was sick enough, the one man who was wild enough to referee the Hell in a Cell, I got goosebumps all up and down my arm. And I said to myself, please, Steve, please, let it be me, let it be me. And when the phone rang, and I looked at caller ID, and I see Austin Steve. I got on the phone and I said, Hell yeah, I'll referee the Hell in a Cell. Hell yeah. Because you see, I get in my car and I drive around the country and I talk to little kids. I talk to them about reading. I talk to them about bullying. I talk to them about helping out little kids overseas. And then when I say, are there any questions, all the hands go up and all the hands say, tell me what it was like to be thrown off the hell in a cell. Now they don't remember the match because I won because I did not win. They remember the match because with a dislocated jaw, with a dislocated shoulder, Cracked ribs, bruised kidney, gaping hole underneath my lip, front tooth sticking out of my nose. I got up and I walked out of that ring under my own power. It was amazing. And this Monday night, that's all I need to do. You see, no matter how bad it gets between Triple H and Kevin Nash, no matter what kind of hell is unleashed, and believe me, there will be hell unleashed. At the end of the match, the only thing I need to do is to take this right hand in the air, hit the mat three times, and count one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one. All right, so we cut to the ring, and the, the cell is descending from the rafters onto the ring. And there was a WWE.com poll for this one, and the options on this poll were Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mick Foley, Shane McMahon, Terry Funk, and The Rock. Mick Foley, no surprise, was the leading pick with 62% of the vote. Runaway. 
So Stone Cold Steve Austin's music hits, and he makes his way to the ring. Well, actually, he doesn't make his way to the ring. He's actually, he just stands at the top of the ramp for this one. I don't know why I wrote that in my notes. He heads to the ring, but he doesn't actually go to the ring. He just stops, he just stops <laughs> at the top of the ramp. And he gets right to the point. He calls out one of his toughest opponents of all time, the hardcore legend, Mick Foley. And obviously, it's the worst surprise in probably Raw history. Every time Mick Foley comes back, it's never like a big surprise. <laughs> it's, it's always like too obvious. Right. <laughs> well, they just give it away, too. Right. They'll just say he's coming back. Ah, oh, fuck it. He's coming back. Yeah. He's going to be he's a coming GM. back. <laughs> Go GM again. <laughs> so Mick Foley heads right to the ring with loud Foley chants from the crowd behind him. They're loving Mick Foley here in Miami. Mick starts off. No, Mick Foley's got a mic. And he starts off telling everyone that Mrs. Foley's little boy has come back home. And he goes on to recap how he thought he was done with wrestling and the WWE. And goes on to say a pretty cool line. You could take Mick Foley out of the WWE, but you can't take the WWE out of Mick Foley. And that's still true today. He still watches like weekly. Even yeah, though he knows everything painful. going on. Yeah. <clears throat> I like how he does say it's like hard to watch, but he's still yeah. watching it. Yeah, because he's a true fan. Yeah. I'll watch, but I'll be like, oh, well, that sucked, and that sucked. <laughs> I'd love to see him in AEW. Matter so, of time, probably. Mick Foley said he was watching from home when Stone Cold Steve Austin announced that his decision was to have a special guest referee for the main event match at Bad Blood. And Mick Foley says he was hoping Stone Cold Steve Austin would pick him. And when he answered the phone call, he said, so when Austin called him and Mick Foley answered the phone call, Mick Foley said, hell yeah, I'll referee the hell in the cell. Mick recaps his current life. You know, he's just kind of, you know, kind of rambling here. Where he talks to, uh, about how he talks to children now, about bullying, reading, etc. And when he has questions, all the children raise their hands and ask him how he felt to fall off the top of the cell. Which is true. I guarantee that's fucking true. I, I oh, think I would have asked him that. <laughs> yeah. like, how did that feel, buddy? I know it hurt, but like, how did it feel? Like, you want to see it in his face? Oh, my God. So he puts over how most people don't actually remember the match. It's true. Like, the, most people don't remember who the fuck won the match. But yeah. they But they do remember Mick Foley's toughness. And after, you know, after falling off the cell and the beating he took, he still left under his own power which is true that's what i remember and then he came back yeah yeah he left and came back and he and kept he getting up <laughs> and he came back in the next match during austin kane man yep that's right <laughs> that's right fucking crazy so mick foley now this was awkward but it, it, there is a payoff to this eventually so mick foley starts a one two three chant and he keeps doing it as you heard and in the it's not really going over with the crowd so not right away. Yeah. yeah. Like the crowd just kind of like, what? And it's, you know, it doesn't have the best tempo to it either. Kind of, <laughs> kind of missing a little rhythm there. <laughs> so then Triple H's music hits and he makes his way down to the rink. And for that, we have another promo. But before you get to that, how could you say dude love has no rhythm, man? <laughs> well, he's not dude love here. <laughs> I guess so. Maybe he gets the rhythm when he's with. When he's dude love. <laughs> yeah, he's got a little bit more rhythm. When, he, when he's Mick Foley, 
He just looks like a like a he's homeless a, guy. He's just a dad. <laughs> yeah, just an ordinary guy. Spoiler. So, yeah, it's about four minutes long. Give this a listen. I'll be right back. Inside hell in a cell, in that very hell in a cell that we're looking at right now. You had a feeling I might see you here tonight, Mick. Let me make something clear for you. This does not concern you. What's happening around here right now is none of your business. The reason it is none of your business is because you are no longer a wrestler, Mick. You see, you are just an ordinary guy. You live an ordinary life. You live in an ordinary home with an ordinary wife. You are just like all these idiots here. You are just a regular guy. I may be wrong, I may be hearing things, but I've only got the one ear. But it sounds to that one ear as if these fans are calling you an asshole. Maybe that's because they don't like the fact, Mick, that the reason you're a regular guy is because I made you a regular guy. February 27, 2000, Hell in the Cell, I retired Mick Foley. Yes, you did, Triple H. Yes, you did. You retired Mick Foley. And believe me, you talk about it every chance you get. That's what you did do. What you did not do, what you could not do, was keep me down. So February 27th. 2000, if you remember, Triple H, after I took the best that you could dish out, and your best was damn good, after I took everything you had, it was me walking out under my own power, blood on my face, tear in my eye, head held high, looking back with pride on 16 years in the business. And that's all I've got to do this Sunday. I've got to walk proud, lift my head up, Go down on a mat, Triple H, and with this right hand, count one, two, three. Now, Mick, you've never been a real bright guy. And I'm sure that the 10,000 or so chair shots that you took over that 16-year illustrious career probably didn't help you any. So let me make this real simple for you. You need to reconsider your decision to referee this match between me and Kevin Nash at Hell in a Cell Sunday. Reconsider? What do you mean reconsider? Mick, you don't need to let people sway your decisions. You don't need to let people put you in a position to get hurt permanently. What you need to do is listen to reason. You need, Mick, to just say no. Just say no? Walk away from this match, Mick. Now, I'm going to give you a little less than an hour 
to make the decision. And Mick, you had better make the right decision or I swear to you, I will drag what is left of your ordinary ass down to that ring and I will make this decision for you. God, what a, what a chilling threat. What a chilling promise. From Triple H to Mick Foley. Mick Foley's got to reconsider or there'll be hell to pay tonight. I'd say Mick better reconsider or he's toast. All right, so we have Triple H and he's at the top of the ramp with his golden locks, his shitty hair. He's fucking all decked out. I believe he has a suit on here if you go back and watch it. He's got his shiny belt. And he does address beast. the fact that he did have the feeling. What's that? The beast. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. <laughs> his he looks long like... fucking lion hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Beast Master. Remember those movies? Yeah, that's I right. You he did has say that beast in like yeah. the second one. Because he has short hair in the first one, I think. I forget. <clears throat> I might be the only person that like watched and enjoyed those movies. <laughs> faster, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Triple H does address the fact that he did have a feeling that Mick Foley would be here tonight. But what's going on tonight is none of Mick's business. You're not a wrestler, he tells Mick Foley. You're just an ordinary guy in an ordinary home with an ordinary wife. You're a regular guy like everyone else here in attendance. And the crowd rightfully so starts a pretty loud asshole chant. Mick Foley says, you know, he, uh, he, I only have hearing in one ear. But in that one ear, all I hear is the crowd calling you an asshole. <laughs> crowd pops. That's a good take on Austin's version of it. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if you can hear this, but... 15,000 people calling you a jackass or an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> the Mick Foley version. Yeah. Well done. So Triple H recaps how he retired Mick Foley. And Mick Foley says he did retire him. But what he did not and could not do was keep Mick Foley down. Mick Foley puts over how he left under his own power. Looking back with pride on his 16 years in the business. So again, Mick Foley starts the one, two, three crap again, which is still weird. So Triple H says the 10,000 or so chair shots didn't help during his career. So he's going to help Mick out. He tells Mick Foley that he needs to reconsider being the ref this Sunday. Triple H says not to listen to the people and to listen to reason, Mick, and just say no. Walk away from the match. Triple H says Mick has one hour to make the decision. And if he doesn't, Triple H will drag what's left of his ordinary ass to the ring and make that decision for Mick Foley. So not bad there from Triple H. I shit yeah, on him a lot, but that wasn't yeah, not bad. bad. It, it's four minutes, but it, it felt longer. <laughs> yeah, it should have been two. Yeah. But we, we know. He talks a little slow. He drags yep. out he drags out the wrong like syllables. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we got another audio clip. This one's only a little over a minute. Um so it's Stone Cold and Mick Foley. Give it a listen. We'll be right back. Oh, we're live. 
Understand you're looking for me? Yeah, I'm looking for you. What's wrong with you? I bring you in to be the special ref for the Hell in a Cell yeah. match between Kevin Nash and Triple H. Triple H goes out there and I look at you and you look intimidated. You know something, Steve? No, 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 no. You ain't gonna say nothing yet. I'm not through talking. Are you afraid? You know something, Steve? Maybe I am afraid. Maybe I'm a little bit afraid. Why? Why the hell would Mick Foley be afraid? Aren't you the same Mick Foley that I know? The same Mick Foley that every time I got in the ring with you, you took me to hell and back? The craziest son of a bitch I ever been in the ring with, and you're gonna tell me you might be afraid? I ain't buying that, man. I ain't buying that from you because I expect way more than that from you. I might be a little embarrassed right now that I did call you. And I don't want to say this, but you're kind of making me sick. So you've got two minutes, man, because Triple H is going to go to that ring and he's going to call you out. Did he intimidate you or did he not? But you're forced to make a decision, man. Are you going to be the referee in that Hell in a Cell match? That's up to you. Alright, so we have a frustrated Stone Cold Steve Austin here, and his frustration is with Mick Foley. He says Foley looks intimidated by Triple H. And Mick Foley tries to interrupt Austin, but Austin cuts him off immediately and asks him, what's he afraid of? Now poor Austin, he's got to deal with fucking bitch-ass Kane, now he's got to deal with bitch-ass Mick Foley. Like, these are two, two tough dudes. His fucking job shouldn't be this hard. Like those are two guys you'd think like aren't gonna be like bother about them. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, to being about soft. Austin doesn't like soft. But Mick Foley does admit he might be afraid. But Austin isn't buying it based on their history together, obviously. He's embarrassed that he called Mick Foley to do this job. And it's making him sick. Austin says Mick Foley has two minutes. Now, mind you, this is like 58 minutes later from the last segment, just to kind of put things into context. Um, Austin says Mick has two minutes because Triple H is going to call him out. Did Triple H intimidate you or did he not? Then Austin says, are you going to be the special guest referee in the Hell in a Cell match or not? That's up to you. Yeah, so he's, he's motivating now Mick Foley. Like yep. he was with Kane. Yep. Except not he's not punk. stepping on his shoes. It's like the ghosts from Stone Cold's past have gone soft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Why weren't they that soft when he was active? Right. So from there we get into a promo. It's Triple H and Mick Foley, and they're in the middle of the cell. So the so the cell raised. They kind of the cell raises again. Um. You know, because there was like you know. Other shit that had to go on during Raw, and they can sell the down the whole time. It's funny that they have the sell out. Well, whenever you go to the show and you see the sell there, it's like, all right, we know it's going to be used for something. Yeah, but they they, they bring it out here just for a promo. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so Triple H's middle of the ring, the sells down again. Triple H says, "Time's up," and he wants a decision from Mick Foley right now. So Mick Foley's music hits. Mick Foley comes out and he speaks 
from the top of the ramp to start. So he's not in the ring yet. So you have, just to set the stage, you got Triple H. He's in the middle of the ring. The cell's there. He's in the cell. Mick Foley's at the top of the ramp. Mick Foley says he listened to what Stone Cold Steve Austin had to say, and it made a lot of sense, as did what Triple H said. Foley has decided that even though it was a thrill to come out here and hear people treat him like the star he used to be, that Mick's making the decision to return to that ordinary life that Triple H talked about earlier. And you can hear the dismay from the crowd. Mm, They're not happy with this. But McFoley says that's going to start on Monday, June 16th, the day after Hell in a Cell, because on <sighs> June 15th, he's going to be busy watching Kevin Nash and Triple H tear the living hell out of each other. The crowd pops. And the oh, crowd pops. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone was doing that. This is fucking awesome. <laughs> We gotta what? order that. We gotta order. You buying? I'm coming over, man. Yeah, yeah. Coming, coming over. over. <laughs> so Mick understands that he's gonna get his ass kicked, and he puts Triple H over for always being just a little bit better than he was. And he knows the ass beating from Triple H can come from anywhere, from when he's at a hotel, at home with his kids, etc. So Mick's made his decision. He's going to take an ass kicking. But if he's going to take an ass kicking from Triple H, it's going to be right here in Miami, Florida. And Mick he fucking popped. heads down from the ramp. He goes running down to the cell to fight Triple H. Wow. So looks like Austin's pep talk worked for somebody. Yeah, so the two Kane. start to... What's that? Said not the pussy Kane. <laughs> yeah, not pussy Kane. And we call him Kane with a C when he's a pussy. Candy Kane. <laughs> Kaney. Oh, yeah, Keeney. <laughs> the, t- the two start to trade blows in the ring, with Mick Foley surprisingly getting the upper hand first. But the tie turns when Triple H tosses Mick Foley into the stairs hard. He then tosses Mick Foley back into the ring and starts beating the shit out of him with a steel chair. So, Triple H is definitely uh, has the upper hand right now. Triple H goes to, you know, he's done. He beats the fuck out of Mick Foley. He's laying down in the middle of the ring. So Triple H leaves him there and starts, you know, heading, leaves the cell, starts heading up the ramp. So Mick starts taunting now. So Mick's not out. He's down, but he looks up and he starts taunting Triple H with a one, two, three count in the ring. So he's doing the three count with his hand. One, two, three. So, you know, that's the payoff from the whole yep. one, two, three shit from earlier, which in hindsight was actually a good build. Right. Good um, so Mick Foley, now he's got a microphone and he lo- he grabs it, speaks to Triple H and says, I got a lot more ass to kick. Come on down. Which I thought was awesome. This is, you know, Badass. that's our Mick Foley. It's our right. mankind Mick Foley. Dude, love fucking Cactus Jack. The craziness we love. Him. No fear. Mick no. Foley. So Triple H heads back to the ring. To kick Mick's ass some more. Which he does. <laughs> so Triple H slams the steel chair that he was kicking his ass with. He slams it at his feet. And then he hits. He sets McFoley up over that chair for the pedigree. And pedigrees McFoley onto the chair. Triple H goes to leave again. But when Triple H gets all the way to the top of the ramp this time. 
Michael Francis Foley is awake. Hmm. And what's he doing? He's counting a three again. Triple H notices it on the big screen. So he turns around. He immediately takes his dress shirt off and heads back to the ring. But when Triple H gets to the ring, he's not alone. This piece of shit has the other members of Mevolution with him. Randy Orton and Ric Flair. And they join in with Triple H and beating the shit out of Mick Foley. Like, this ain't even fucking fair now. Right. But to the rescue is the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels and the artist formerly known as Diesel, <laughs> Kevin Nash. And they head to the ring to even out the situation. Nash hits a huge, and this was, I say huge, I mean it, a huge jackknife on Triple H. And he actually goes for the pin. And Mick Foley gets his three count in. So Nash looks strong. Triple H looks weak. Mick Foley looks like he's in position mentally and physically to, you know, well, not physically. He never looks really good physically. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's mentally in the right spot <laughs> yeah. to ref this match coming Sunday, June 15th, 2003, at Bad Blood in Houston, Texas. Mike. You're going to do the coverage of that for us. So take All it right. away. All right. Thank you. So before I get into it, though, I, would, I do want to point out, like, with the with the ending of Raw there, I always hate when somebody goes for a pinfall and it's not a match. <laughs> like yeah. Kevin Nash did there. But in this case, it made sense because they were building up the whole one, two, three. Yep. You know, Triple H getting pinned by Kevin Nash at the hands of Mick Foley, one, two, three. So in this case, it made sense. But I always think it's goofy because it happens often. Where oh yeah we pin he could pin him he could pin him in the real match he's gonna do the same thing no I just thought that was funny no but in this I case I I give it a pass you know mainly because of Foley I give it the pass <laughs> all right but like JV said we're gonna move on now to Bad Blood from June 15 2003 in Houston Texas and before we get to the Austin coverage I'm just gonna kind of run through the card and just give you a quick little rundown. So since we just left off with that Hell in a Cell match, I'm going to just recap that first, all right? So here's some pay-per-view results for Bad Blood. It's actually a pretty good show through and through. Uh, nothing I memorable, nothing it. great, but it, it's yeah. enjoyable. It's I didn't like, watch what, it in detail like you did, but it seemed all right. Yeah. I, it'd be, I guess you'd say it's like a super loaded Raw episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a really good Raw where a all the matches Raw. are like yeah. legit matches, you know? <laughs> <laughs> because... The whole it feels like raw because you constantly get the Stone Cold and Bischoff segments backstage where it just feels like oh this is an episode of Raw. <laughs> so anyway, to the World Heavyweight Championship match, the Hell in a Cell match, Triple H versus Kevin Nash with Mick Foley as a special ref. You get exactly what you thought you're gonna get. You get a bloody shit show of a match, and and then that's a good thing. Both guys are fucked up, and they go about 21 minutes. Uh, Triple H is obviously gonna win. He's not losing the title to Kevin Nash. Triple H wins, of course. He retains the title. And, um, you know, I, I was watching a show, and I got to the main event, and I hadn't noticed, but I'm gonna, I had to point it out. I couldn't, I threw out my notes. Like, all right, I don't have to bring it up. I'm better than that. I don't have to bring it up. Then I get to this main event. And I'm kind of going backwards order. I'm going top heavy. I'm going from the main event down to the bottom of the card. So at this point, I'm watching the main event. I take the notes. And I say, okay, you know, that's enough. This we said, there's a chick in the front row constantly showing off the puppies and she's jumping up and down, up and down, up and down throughout the night. Like, that's what she's trying to do. She's trying to get attention. She stands up in the front row and, like, claps her hands, bouncing. 
Like, for no reason. <laughs> and the titties are just bouncing, about to give her a black eye. So, that's, <laughs> that's going on in the front row throughout this bad blood. So, I had to say it. I got it off my chest. And it went on her chest, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> By the main event, she's all she's all nice and swaying and loose from probably having some beers. Probably had like two beers, but you know how girls are when they drink beers. You know, yeah. no offense to any girl listeners out there, but <laughs> the girls are like, I can out drink you. Well, yeah, but you're not. You're the the uh, you're the exception. I can assure you, you can't out drink me. <laughs> <laughs> beer, maybe beer, maybe beer. Yeah, yeah, I get full on beer. <laughs> yeah. Captain and Cokes? Oh, hell no. Yeah. No one drinking out you. I bet my fucking house on you. <laughs> All right, so that's that match. We move on to the what people are looking to be a great match. Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair actually is a really good match. But looking back, it's not it's nothing in comparison to the match that they would have at WrestleMania you know, few years later. So this one's a heck of a match for the time, but there's going to be much better Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair to come. But in this match, HBK hits Flair with a crossbody through a table from the top rope to the outside of the ring. Hell of a spot. Brutal. Looked awesome. Uh, Ric Flair is going to steal the win after Randy Orton runs in and hits HBK with the steel chair. And Earl Hebner's down at this point, so Orton comes in, rolls Flair onto HBK. Earl gets up right in time, makes the three count. So at this point, you know, it's evolution. Evolution is just kind of running the show, and, you know, all those guys are getting over. You know, Ric Flair, Orton, Triple H. All right, now in the next match, we finally get the confrontation between Goldberg and Chris Jericho, and they build it up, you know, the, the history that they had in WCW and how they really hated each other back then. That's all been wrapped into this storyline. I had mentioned earlier how this is all about the spear and... Jericho's never been hit with the spear. But this case, that time is up. Goldberg, Spears, and Jackhammers. Chris Jericho after 11 minutes. 11 minutes! Yes, that is a long time, guys. <laughs> Goldberg having an 11-minute match is a long time. This is one of Goldberg's yeah. longest matches in his career. Is it? Did you, did you fact check Yeah. That? Yep. No shit. It's one of his longest. His longest minutes. match. And I think it's safe to say, now I didn't totally fact check because I didn't check his most recent matches, but I think it's safe to say he didn't go longer than 11 minutes since his return in the past few years to WWE. There was an 11-minute match, I'm pretty sure. But from what I read, the longest match he did have was 15 minutes. Yeah, you don't have to know. You're not looking at the notes right now. And I don't think you read this part of the note. So, who do you think he had his longest match with? Goldberg. Um, who who do you think would be like? Oh, I'm gonna have a good match with him. I can have a good match with anybody. I'm gonna go 15 minutes with him and prove how good I am that I can have a match with him. Who do you think at this time, currently in 2003, would be saying that? This so this was in 2003 his longest match. Yep. Um, eleven minute match with Jericho here, and then a match Rick in Flair. September. Nope, not Ric Flair. Good guess. HBK. Nope. I got one more. One more. I make the rules. Third strike. <laughs> well, those are old the, rules. I make the rules. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty common rule. Three strikes. Yeah. <laughs> I make the rules. 
<laughs> maybe, if it, maybe if it was the, the third one you got wrong and you went, I'm going four strikes. I make the rules. <laughs> Revisionist history. Who? Uh, Jericho. No, this was Jericho. He had, he had this. this one, that, that doesn't count. Oh, yeah, that one. All right. Uh, that was a stupid guess. Um, I'm just thinking of cocky people. Fucking Edge. No. All right. We, oh. <laughs> we just spent a good amount of time talking about this guy. Mick Foley? He's the gamer. Ah, I didn't want to guess Triple H. <laughs> Triple H. Yeah, so he has his longest match against Triple H in September at Unforgiven. You know, I gave Goldberg the best match of his career. <laughs> yeah. That's how he came back. I talked him back into coming. Yeah. WWE. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Goldberg gets busted open in this match. And it's right on his forehead. So I'm thinking that it's the, it started off with him slamming his head on the door backstage before he came to the ring. <laughs> like always. So it's a solid match between the two. Jericho does do a great job selling and working with Goldberg to make this match, you know, the match that they built it up to be. So good job for Jericho. Hey, Goldberg was there too. So good job for him too. All right, WWE Tag Team title match. Kane and RVD. Versus La Resistance. All right, so we know that Kane is being a pussy boy at this point. He's not the Kane of the past. So La Resistance is going to win the tag team titles from RVD and Kane. RVD accidentally takes Kane down outside of the ring with a kick by accident. La Resistance then double teams RVD in the ring while Kane is down on the outside. They hit their finisher for the win. Kane is unhappy. He doesn't look happy with RVD. So now we're starting to get some tension between Kane and RVD. You know, Kane is probably feeling embarrassed by getting his ass chewed out by Austin. So there's a lot going on in Kane's mind right now. And that's all going to blow up in the next couple of weeks. So next week's episode is going to have a lot to do with Kane. Because Austin's not going to stop bothering Kane. So some good shit coming up on the next episode of the Bottom Line cast. All right, the next match on Bad Blood was a WWE Intercontinental Championship match, Booker T versus Christian. We get new look Christian coming out with his short hair, but now he has new entrance music. No more of that, Christian, Christian, which was great music. Now he has this boring old bland rock shit that you would use as like creator wrestler in WWE games. That's what the music is. And it's it's a typical music that they had from 2003 through like 2010 or something. You know, that shitty just rock music that it's non-distinguishable. It's indistinguishable. Whatever the fuck you want to say. It's just no difference between one song and the other. It all sucks. Or Christian had his own original song that said his damn name in it. But now he's got this crap. So Christian anyway, he tries to run away. He's not going to, he doesn't want to he doesn't want to fight Booker T. But the referee tells Christian, now if you leave, get counted out. Or if you leave, rather, you're going to forfeit the title if you lose by count out. So the referee's just making his own rules. If you leave, you forfeit the title. So anyway, Christian decides, okay, all right, I'll, I'll come back in. <laughs> Christian comes back in like a prick, nails Booker T with the IC title, and gets DQ'd. Now, that's funny, because... All right, so Christian's being like, all right, well, I try, you're not letting me do it this way, so I'm going to do it this way, and I'm going to cause a DQ. So that's the funny part is Christian being a, being a prick. But this still doesn't make any sense because the referee just said, well, I'm going to take the title from you if you do account, if you count out yourself. 
Why couldn't the referee just turn around and say, oh, I'm not going to let you DQ yourself then, either? The match continues. But, you know, one second the referee is saying, no, get back down here. And then the next second he's calling a DQ. Doing exactly what he was trying to do when he was walking out was just to keep the title and get out of there. So that doesn't make much sense in that case. And the other thing on top of it, Booker T was in his hometown. Everyone wanted him to win the IC title right here. But no title win. Bad booking decision. Bullshit. Bullshit match there. All right, next match on this card. Got Scott Steiner versus Test. And the winner gets Stacy Keebler. So this is the best part of the match is, you know, seeing Stacy go in and out of the ring as she bends over in and out, in and out, in and out. <laughs> and Scott Steiner wins. And that's what he makes Stacy do after the match. So Stacy is excited to be with Scott Steiner and not creepy Test. So she bends over for Scott. And Big Papa Pump is all smiles to have Stacy back with him. And then we get the opening match was Chris Nowitzki. And Rodney Mack versus the Dudley Boys. Okay, uh, Nowinski and Mack win the match after Devon hesitates to get the tables for Bubba. So Teddy Long has been talking to Devon on the side, getting in his ear, like, oh, you know, because at this point, Teddy Long's like, oh, you gotta, you gotta back to black, you gotta back to black, brother. And he's, he wants Devon, like, to be on his side, you know, be with, be with his people at this point. Teddy Long wants him to. And he's like, you know, why is it that the white brother always makes the black brother get the tables? Devon thinks about that. (laughs) Devon thinks about that. And he doesn't want to get the tables. So he hesitates. But then he does go do it. Then he's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm getting the tables. So it's in his head. But it backfires. Nowitzki's going to nail Bubba with a face mask. Because Nowitzki's wearing a face mask at this point. So he takes it off. Like the Cody Rhodes face mask, that type of shit. Nowitzki's wearing that. He nails Bubba with the face mask, face mask and gets the win. So the hesitation on Devon caused them to lose. So now now we're at the point where we're going to have some some struggles with Devon and Bubba Ray again. All right, so now let's get to the coverage. The Stone Cold coverage. The Redneck Triathlon. Here we go. We'll start off first with audio segment of the burping contest <laughs> <laughs> all right so this first contest is the burping contest the clip's about four minutes long and uh listener discretion is advised for some shitty and horrible sound effects terrible <laughs> take a listen to that and we'll be right back uh, well more of this situation It is now time for the first event and the first ever Redneck Triathlon, the Burping Contest. Our first competitor, co-general manager of Raw, Mr. Eric Bischoff. And our second competitor, the other co-general manager of Raw, Stone Cold Steve Austin. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Good. Okay, so I, I want to explain the rules to you guys so you know what your, there are rules. Each of you will get three burps. Three. Three burps. And whoever has the loudest and the longest burp will win the contest. Okay? Mr. Bischoff, are you ready? I'm ready. See what you got, champ. I got it. Mr. See what you got, champ. Are you ready, Mr. Austin? I'm ready. All right. More than ready. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
Mr. Austin. Your turn. I'm right at the time Granny had the sour belches. Oh. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, um, Mr. Bischoff, I believe you have one more try. <laughs> that was a little wet one, but... <laughs> You ready for you your last attempt? Sick. But I can beat that burp. I can beat that burp. It's your last shot. Make the most of it. Uh oh. You call me sick? <laughs> no. Uh, I gotta give you credit on that one. Can I warm up one more time? Sure. Help yourself. <clears throat> Allow me my third and final effort. saying that Eric Bischoff was a very worthy competitor, but I feel honored and esteemed to have won this prestigious contest. Congratulations. See a doctor. <laughs> hey, you got two more chances. It ain't over yet. Indeed it is not over yet. All right, we're back now. So this contest, this burping contest, was determined on Sunday Night Heat just prior to the pay-per-view by spinning the wheel. Because if you remember, the pie-eating contest was what was spun as the winner. Yeah, be the first. Yeah. yeah, and that was supposed to be the first one. But they, they decided to put the burping one first for whatever reason. So what they say is if there's no winner after the burping and pie-eating contest, they will spin the wheel again to determine the third contest. Stone Cold is breaking, breaking. Uh, he's drinking beer, rather. He's drinking beer. He's eating a sandwich. He's eating like a like an Italian grinder. So 
<laughs> they're standing there. They're ready to go with this burping contest. And Austin just, he just starts doing some jumping jacks. <laughs> like, hey, it's a triathlon. Let me get in shape. But he's drinking beer and eating a, eating a sandwich. <laughs> Just starts going into his jumping jack. Not consistent with this preparation. No. Questionable. <laughs> so the rules are they have to burp three times. And they're going to be judged by the longest and the loudest burps. Like, what <laughs> What are we watching? What the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> We're talking about burps, longest and loudest. But, I mean, I guess there's been other shit that has been worse than this. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I think this may be one of the worst things. This is that like 2021 covered. WWE. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a burping contest. So anyway, this is ridiculous. Stone Cold and Eric both take turns burping. And the burping noise is like straight up sound effect. It sucks ass. It, it's like Slimer from Ghostbusters. Like, <laughs> anyway, Eric and Austin are totally out of sync with the burping sounds too. Like, it's not matching up at all. It's obnoxious, it's loud, and it sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, that's my own Stone Cold thing right there. It's obnoxious, it's loud, and it sucks. Yeah, that should have been a t-shirt. <laughs> so, I guess the only fun thing about this was how bad it sucked. It's, it's like, laughable to go back and watch. Like, taking notes for it, it's like, ooh, this, what the fuck are we writing? What are we talking about? And then just stepping back from it and watching it again, it's like, oh, yeah, this is fucking goofy as shit laugh about it the last austin burp though this is the most ridiculous one and austin's face looks like it's about to blow up the way he's going on it's all red um terry is the one there you know doing this contest with them and she's all grossed out and man Austin, like i said austin's face is all red like he's gonna blow up uh this is potential for an oh hell no moment right here <laughs> so so the burp goes on and on. Austin wins because he had the loudest and the longest. So now it's one to nothing, stone cold in this redneck triathlon. And now we go backstage just you know about ten minutes later, and it's Stone Cold and Eric, and they have a few things to say before they begin their next contest, the pie eating contest. So take a listen to this. We'll be right back. The, the contest is over. Give it up. I've heard enough burps to last me a lifetime. You tired of them? I'm sick of it. Hey, do you mind if we make a uh, pit stop? I was uh, needing to unload some extra cargo. I was getting ready for a different kind of contest if that came up. <laughs> All right. What do you think about the tractor? I love the tractor, but let's talk about the next contest. Yeah, what about it? All right, I'll give it to you. You won the burping contest. I think you had an unfair advantage, by the way, being from Texas and all. That's a skill here. Yeah, it's an art form here. But now... <laughs> Next one's piety. That's mine. And I think I'm going to win it hands down. Now, uh, what makes you think that you are a better piety than Stone Cold Steve Austin? Well, let's do this. I'll tell you about it on the way, but let's go take a look. I've got something I want you to see. See, I did a fair amount of research. Research? I put some time into this. Right. Okay, I knew that if we were going to have a piety contest, that it had to be the best it could possibly be. And well... (laughs) Ladies, may I introduce <gasps> to you Stone Cold Steve Austin. How you guys doing? Wow. Hi. Steve. Hi. Yeah, how you doing? You did some uh, damn good research. <laughs> A lot of hands-on kind of interviewing if you get my drift. <laughs> but 
since I did such a fine job of picking the pie, I thought that, uh, well, I should get to go first. You want to go first? I think I should go first. Understand, Mrs. Stone Cold Steve Austin presents Bad Blood, and we're basically in my home state of Texas, right here in Houston. I think Stone Cold Steve Austin should go first. I think Stone Cold Steve Austin should be a great host. And as a great host, given all of the hard work that I've done, I think you should let me go first. Uh, you're being very selfish. And I'll let you go first, because I'm that kind of guy. But since you are going first, I get to pick which flavor of pie you eat. <laughs> Is that a deal? Can't go wrong. You got a deal. All right, so backstage, Austin and Bischoff talk about the pie eating contest. Eric says that the burping contest, you know, that was a Texas thing. You know, it's actually an art form in Texas. But pie eating, oh, pie eating is his thing. and He's going to win it, hands down. So we're going to get those pie jokes, the poontang pie, and it's going to get even more, you know, straightforward what they're talking about. You know, they're more out there with, yeah, this is eating box. This is what we're talking about here. So Austin questions Bischoff. Eating box. I heard that word, that word, that term in a while. I, can eat. I haven't heard it in a while, even I haven't said it in a long <laughs> God knows when. All right, so Austin questions Bischoff about why he thinks he's a better pie eater than he is. And Eric tells him he has something to show him. They'll talk about it on the way. So Eric leads Austin to a room. Eric says he did some research, and he found the best pie there is. So Eric and Austin walk into the room, and it's four hot chicks. Austin greets all of them, shakes their hands, meets them. Eric says that he he did some hands-on research. So Eric Bischoff's coming off creepo right here. You look at the girls' faces as he's saying the things, and you can see in their eyes they're like, no, nah, man, you didn't have hands-on research. <laughs> but Eric believes that he should get to go first and have the first pie since he found all this pie. Austin says that it's Stone Cold Steve Austin presents Bad Blood in his home state. And he should go first. Eric Eric says Austin should be a good host and let him go first then. If you're the host, you should be a good host and let me go first. Austin tells Eric that, well, you can go first. But Austin, he's going to get to pick the flavor of pie that Eric eats. And Eric agrees. Eric's like, can't go wrong. He's looking at all the girls. Can't go wrong. You got a deal. So now that brings us to the Redneck Triathlon Pie Eating Contest. Broke this into a couple of clips. So here's the first part of it. It's about three minutes. Take a listen, and we'll be right back. I've never seen a Redneck Triathlon either. Only on Raw. And only on pay-per-view. Eric Bischoff, Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, 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 no. You can just stop right there, King. Now, you remember our little discussion we had backstage, right? Right. Well, you said that uh, if you're going to be the first one to uh, eat pie, 
Then Stone Cold Steve Austin was going to be able to uh, pick which flavor of pie you ate. That was the deal, my friend. That's the deal, right? That's the deal. Do you feel lucky tonight? I'm feeling very lucky. You remember that little uh, discussion we had where uh, you said that you were into uh, mature women? Mature, sophisticated, but what's that got to do with this? It's got a lot to do with it. Because I'm sitting there looking at you and I think, uh, look at your little boots, your little blue jeans, your little black vest. What makes you think you know how to please a woman? <laughs> Steve, <laughs> I think I'm just, I come by it naturally, let's put it that way. So you're somewhat right? of a ladies' look, man. Look at that. Uh huh, and that's what oh. we get to pick from, right? And your name is Eric Bischoff, right? That's it. From what I've seen of you, they should call you Eric Jerkoff. Oh! Can I I say that on TV? Look at these four women here. Absolutely gorgeous. A plethora of pot, that's like a smorgasbord. Get them down here. This is going to make my decision extremely tough. Are you ready? (laughs) Take your pick. Take my pick. Can I get those four women one more time, please? If you think that's four hot-looking women, give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah! I'll give you a hell yeah back on hell yeah. But I got a little uh, change of plans here. I know we're supposed to consult on everything, but sometimes you do things without me, and I do things without you. So those four gorgeous women are not going to have their pie eaten by Eric Bischoff. What are you talking about? I know some of you are a little upset, but going back to the mature women thing, you didn't yeah, do what about it? I did all that work. What about the mature women? Well, the four gorgeous women, that's worthy pie that I should be eating. I'm letting you go first, so I picked someone else. And I would like to introduce to you whose pie you will be eating. Could you hit the music, please? Alright, so Jerry Lawler is in the ring to host this contest. Of course. Of course it's Jerry Lawler. <laughs> you know, where there's puppies, you find yeah. the king. <laughs> or in this case, you find Pi, you find the king. So Lawler introduces Eric Bischoff and Stone Cold. And this contest was actually funny. I like this segment. <laughs> this is funny. So Austin questions Eric's ability to please women. Eric says that he's a natural. You know, and the four girls in the back, they're on the big screen now. Eric's all excited. He can't wait to see who Austin's going to pick, which girl he's going to get, which pie he's going to eat. Jesus, gross. (laughs) Anyway, he goes, your name is Eric Bischoff, right? Austin says this to Eric Bischoff. Your name's Eric Bischoff, right? From what I've seen of you, they should call you Eric Jerkoff. (laughs) I love it. It's so, like, so simple. But so good. Yeah, so simple, so good. And it's like, how come nobody ever thought to say that before? <laughs> Eric Jerkoff. And and it works out well. Like, the joke, it's a good pun because, you know, it's about, you know, Eric pleasing women. 
Like, oh yeah, you think you're great at eating box? You probably just jerk off. <laughs> you know? Like, you ain't eating box and pleasuring girls. You're a jerk off. You just jerk yourself off. All right, now I'm getting too graphic. All right. Yeah. <laughs> too far. <laughs> All right, so Austin says he has a tough decision. If you think that is four hot looking women right out there, give me a hell yeah. And then Austin even says, I'll give you a hell yeah back. Oh, hell yeah. So Austin's into those girls, too. Austin says he has to change the plans, though. Those four women are not going to have their pie eaten by Eric Bischoff. And then they cut to the girls, and they look disappointed. Like, aww. I wasn't going to get my boxing. <laughs> what the hell? I came, <laughs> I came here to get eaten up today. What the fuck? Like, I bullshit. saw Stone Cold Chugs a beer. I want some of that. <laughs> Yeah, this episode's rated XXX for us. <laughs> but this was on WWE programming. <laughs> I guess so. I'm, I'm taking it to the next level a little bit. A little bit. Like Robert De Niro said, a little bit, a little bit. A little bit you are. A little bit you are being insulted. A little bit. All right. Austin reminds Eric about his taste in mature women. Remember that? You know, Eric Bischoff was trying to hit on Linda McMahon and saying that he likes mature women. Now that is going to come back to bite Eric in the ass right now. And what happens is that Austin's going to call out the pie. And the pie is Mae Young. <laughs> Mae Young strutting out. Moolah's with her. So we don't know is May and Moolah what it's going to be. But Moolah basically ends up coming out and doing jack shit in this segment. Just walks out just so she can be seen. And then disappears. So anyway, Mae Young is great. She struts down to the ring. Amazing facial expressions as she's heading down to the ring. Smiling and strutting. It's great. So that brings us now to the second part where Mae Young comes into the ring for this pie eating contest. So take a listen to the next clip and we'll be right back. Bischoff's got to go first. That's the deal. They all dressed up. Oh, wait a minute. May I just want to say you look absolutely wonderful. talking about are you gonna be a quitter i'm not doing that why not are you chicken it's like you said anybody can do the pretty ones get away from me so you're get saying hey, are you saying you refuse i refuse i refuse i will not do it okay so get your head <laughs> off my ass <laughs> all right so then if you refuse that's two to zero. Stone Cold Steve Austin is the winner. That's what you're saying, you little piss ant. You quitter. You loser. Where's your fighting spirit? King, would you go ahead and announce Stone Cold Steve Austin is the winner of the Redneck Triathlon? Well, I guess by virtue of forfeit, the winner of the... Oh, hold it. What? Oh, no. What? There's a saying. 
anybody can do the pretty ones. All right, Manny, let's face it. We're both adults here. Let's just get this over with, make it as painless as possible. One is extremely ah! adult. Oh, look at me! What the hell are you talking about? Top that. You kissed her. This is a pie-eating contest. Meg. Oh, Meg is... Oh, my God! Went downstairs on Meg Bischoff. Make that some bitch eat well, some so pie. Steep. No, wait a minute. No, 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 no. No, not that. Oh, no, wait a minute. No. For the love of God. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's a thong. Mays wearing the world's oldest thong. Oh, good God. Look at that. Oh my God. Oh my God. Bishop's turn green at the gills. Lord have mercy on Stoke's turn. Put your money where your mouth is, or something. Well, like that. Uh, let's not make such a hasty decision. Uh, hold on, honey. Hold on. Hold on. If I, no, hold on. Hold on. If I'm gonna do this, let me warm up because it's, I ain't playing second fiddle. That's some bitch. Hold on. You ready? Oh, to just get the start of May Young. You son of a bitch! I guess I just forfeit the last contest. It's one to one. We got one more event, you little bastard. Somebody throw me a damn beer. All right, so immediately, Mae Young runs right after Eric, and she's got her tongue out, like, <laughs> it's like in Kingpin. She's the best. Rest in peace. Yeah, Mae Young's great. Well, you remember that scene in Kingpin? Kingpin? Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> just, just the na- the landlord. The, the landlord. landlord. Yeah. yeah. Lynn, Lynn Shea is the actress. She, she's sticking her tongue out. She's the same lady that's in uh, There's Something About Mary. She yeah, plays, yeah, yes, that's yeah. right. Plays the mother. Plays, yeah. No, not even no, the mother. Not the she's mother. she's yeah, just I'm like not the mother. The mother's way older. But the um, Cameron Diaz is like neighbor, basically. Yes, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. Another neighbor. Yeah, the neighbor, the crazy old lady neighbor, the lady that's all tanned and like fucking burnt. That lady. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That one. Leather skin. Yeah. <laughs> But that's what it reminded me of May Young. <laughs> so anyway, Eric starts bitching and whining. 
He doesn't. He doesn't want to do it. He's like, I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna forfeit. But if he forfeits, then Austin would win two nothing, and that'd be the end of the triathlon, the end of the show. So Bischoff then finally decides that he's gonna kiss May Young. But Austin's like, whoa, whoa, it's not a kissing contest. This is a pie eating contest. So May Young kicks Eric in the balls, <laughs> takes her dress off, reveals reveals her thong. Jeez, blah. Anyway, May Young is out there, her ass out. May Young hits Bischoff with a Bronco Buster, and he rides Eric Bischoff's face. And Eric is getting some pie here. She's bouncing all over Eric Bischoff, and here is a is a little factoid about this. May Young put sardines in her underwear prior to this. No, (laughs) no, she's committed. Yep. He went out there making it all stinky. <laughs> Getting Eric's face with the sardines. <laughs> and she is so great. So anyway, now it's Austin's turn. And Mae Young's all honed up. Like, yeah, yeah, here we go, here we go. <laughs> and Austin's like just smirking. He's like, you know what? I'm going to forfeit. <laughs> then he then he hits the stunner on Mae Young. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. i got to go back and watch that again. Yeah, he's like, Ad, no, nah, I'm not doing this. And he just freaking hits it with the stunner. You get a holy big moves is always awesome. <laughs> it's so good. She sells it perfectly. She does. She's fucking great. She's better than a lot of the main roster people. <laughs> right. Here you just get an old lady in her thong in the middle of the ring. <laughs> it's hilarious. Bischoff wins this because Austin forfeited. So we're tied one to one. We're heading into the third contest. So they need to spin the wheel. To see what it's going to be. So let's go backstage a little later in the show to the Spin the Wheel segment. Take a listen. Just a minute. And we'll be right back. What will the third event be? Well, it is now official. The Redneck Triathlon is tied. One to one. So to break that tie, we're going to have to spin the wheel and see what the deciding event will be. Let's do it. Okay. I'm ready. Monster truck, monster, tobacco spread, bull riding, I don't care, whatever it is. Bear chugging. Yes! Sing off. Uh-oh. Shut up. What are you so happy about? I've heard you sing. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard me sing before? Do I sing very good? You don't sing very good, Steve. I'll be very blunt. I suck. Does this make you happy? As pleased as punch, because my friend, I've got a set of pipes. And tonight, I'm going to beat you in your own home state, in your own dumbass redneck competition, in front of all of these rednecks in the state of Texas. I, my friend, am going to embarrass you. You want to spin it again? (laughs) See you later. All right, so they show a pig pen set, which obviously means it's going to be used. Why are you going to set up a whole fucking pig pen set if it's not going to be used in the show? So we know that's going to come into play. Uh, Terry's back, and she's with Austin and Bischoff to spin the wheel, determine the next contest. Spin of the wheel is decided, and they're going to have a sing-off contest. That'll determine the winner of the Redneck Triathlon. So Eric is excited. He's like, I've heard you sing, Austin. <laughs> He's making fun of Austin singing. 
singing skills. Austin asked Terry, you know, and Terry's like, you're not very good. <laughs> so Austin's like, ah, oh, shit. Austin says he sucks at singing. I know I suck. Eric says that he's going to beat Austin in his own state, in his own dumbass competition, in front of all these rednecks in the state of Texas. I'm going to embarrass you. And Austin asks Bischoff, you want to spin the wheel again? You want to spin the wheel again? And Eric Bischoff's just like, see you later. <laughs> like, screw you. We're not doing this again. This is what we got. Singing contest. So now we get to that. Now we get to the singing contest. Take a listen to this. We'll be right back. I think Bischoff's going to win this thing. Can he sing? Well, you know what? He said he can. I think it's about time we wrap this redneck triathlon up. I heard he was captain of the glee club. You see, since it's a singing contest, well, I, Eric Bischoff, am about to treat you with one of the greatest songs you'll ever hear by one of the greatest vocalists. And I can't think of a better song than my own theme music. Oh. Hit my music. I'm bad. And I'm better than ever. I'm a nerd. For making things better. Because your opinion don't matter. Eric, 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 stop the music. Stop the music. Stop the music. Your lips sinking. Was not. You are too. Was not. Millie Vanilli. You suck. Now this time I want you to stop all the cheating. Do this fair and square. Do it without the little lyrics dubbed in there. I want to hear you sing, Eric. Not somebody on a damn record. Go ahead and hit his music again. I can do that. Then do it. Go ahead, hit my music. That was good. That's pathetic. You suck. You stink. You're horrible. You're a loser. But since I can't sing no better than you, I got an idea for you. Because I'm a nice guy, I'm a fair guy, I'm a 50-50 co-GM guy, what I propose to do to make this thing right is spin this wheel one more time so that we can declare the champion of the Redneck Triathlon. So here goes with the spin. Another spin? A bonus spin. Oh! Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Man, what a spin that was, and it just so happened to land on Pigpen Fun. And you know what that means, don't you? No way! I can smell that thing from here! <laughs> you see that big pig pig out there, don't you? Yeah, I can see it! I can smell it! There's no way! You <laughs> see the pig pen? You know what that means, Pigpen Fun? And what that means, Eric, is whoever throws the other man in that pile of pig crap, that's the winner of the Redneck Triathlon. So what I want you to do is wait right there for Stone Cold, because I'm fixing to come out there and toss your ass in a bunch of pig crap. Wait a minute. 
And if you get a little antsy and decide to run off, I hear deputize everybody in that arena that if Eric Bischoff tries to leave, make a run for it, grab his sorry ass and throw him back into the arena because Stone Cold Steve Austin is on his way down, and that's all I got to say about that. Austin's deputized the whole crowd. No, hey, not a chance. I'm undeputizing every one of you people. Undeputized. They're undeputized. There you go. What's all you got to do with these rednecks? You got to undeputize them. He's all looking for a way out. He looks like a drowning rat. He's trying to find an exit. These people think they're still deputized. You're undeputized. I pity you, Dusty. Get out! Get out! Get out! No way! You're undeputized. Look at this move. You're not deputized, you idiot! That's Mac. That's Mac. That's Jim Mac and All right. So Eric heads to the ring. Eric claims to be a great singer and attempts to sing JV's favorite song. I'm back. <laughs> but he lip syncs it, and it's horrible. You know, and what sucks about it, even you know, what makes it even even more stupid is that he comes out to the song, he gets in the ring, he says, I'm going to sing my song. And it just plays the same exact song again. <laughs> it's, and it's not Eric's voice, just the fucking regular guy that sings the song. And... Eric's like trying to pawn off like he's singing the song. So Austin gets on the big screen, cuts Eric off. Cut the music, cut the music. Austin makes jokes about Eric Bischoff lip syncing. Austin tells Eric that he wants to hear him sing and not the damn guy on the record. I don't want to hear the damn guy on the record. Bischoff says he can do it. He does it. He starts singing on his own. He's not really singing. He's just kind of yelling. I'm back. (laughs) Singing has actually has tone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. Better than ever. <laughs> anyway, Austin stops him again. Hey, shut up. <laughs> That's pathetic. You suck. You stink. You're horrible. You're a loser. <laughs> that sounds like it would come out of Trump's mouth. Hey, you suck. You're pathetic. You suck. You stink. You're horrible. You're a loser. That was like the worst Trump. It's <laughs> <laughs> like Alec Baldwin's Trump. <laughs> Maybe it's been so long since I heard him that I can't even remember how he how he spoke. <laughs> but anyway, Eric tried. Eric tried, and he did it. So that should mean something, right? He sang. He did his part. Now Austin needs to come back with his own if he's going to compete in this. So anyway, Austin continues. He goes, uh, but since I can't sing no better than you, I got an idea for you. Austin says, how about we spin the wheel again? Or new competition. Like, what? What? Eric Bischoff should be saying, what? Eric should not go along with this at all. He did his part. He sang. Austin's now saying, I don't want to sing. Let's, let's do a new contest. Bischoff should be like, no, I sang. If you don't sing, you forfeit. I win. Two to one. Boom. Probably doesn't want to get his ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, he probably knows that ass beating is coming. And there's, there's going to be one coming anyway, but we'll get to that. Austin then spins the wheel. So I guess Eric, you know, goes along with it. Austin spins the wheel, and it stops on Picked and Fun. More bullshit from Stone Cold. So, and, and when it spins, you can see that it was, like, stopped off camera. Like, right on Picked and Fun. <laughs> Someone hit their hand. Like, it didn't even, like, spin the whole way either. <laughs> so Austin explains that whoever tosses the other into the pig pen wins the triathlon. Says, I'm fixing to come out there and toss your ass in a bunch of pig crap. Austin tells Bischoff that he has been deputized 
He deputized everybody in the arena to stop Eric Bischoff. If he tries to run out of the arena, they're going to stop him. The fans will stop him. Then immediately, Eric Bischoff, as the co-GM, tells the audience, says, you are undeputized. You are undeputized. And then Eric tries to run right into the crowd. Why not just go backstage where the crowd isn't? <laughs> yeah, yeah, get away from them. Maybe, but maybe, like you said, he's afraid to run into Austin or he's afraid to get close to the pig pen. But maybe that's his logic. But he goes out to the crowd. People, he, He's acting like people are scaring him away. So he, he gets to the, to the guardrail. Oh, I can't go over there. Oh, and the people are not doing anything. It's not like the people in the front row be like, get the, hey, beat it, kick your ass. Like They don't know what to do. Because they're not actors. They know what the fuck's going on. There's maybe a couple of people that are like, oh, pointing their finger at him. But yeah, I mean, it comes off shitty. So Eric's having to sell, you know, sell the whole thing. Like, oh, okay, sure, there's some there. aspiring actors in Houston. Here's my <laughs> chance. <laughs> it's my time. I'm going to get noticed. Yeah, I'm going to get noticed. Yeah. And it just makes him look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> so Eric does go to the one plant in the audience. And this is Jim McInvale is known as Mattress Mac, the owner of Gallery Furniture, out based out of Houston. And um, he's actually the guy that helped the Houston show after 9-11 get, you know, get put on oh, in Houston. Okay. And, you know, was a big proponent for WWE putting on that show and talked to the, uh, like, the city of Houston to go along with it. So Mattress Mac is there. He grabs Eric and tosses Eric back into the ringside area. Austin's music hits, and now we get the pig pen fun finale. And Austin heads to the ring. He cold cocks Eric Bischoff, tosses him into the ring, stomps a mud hole in him, walks it dry. Austin stands Bischoff up, pegs him off. Wham! Stone cold stunner. Austin tosses Bischoff out of the ring and grabs him, walks him up to the ramp. Austin hits Bischoff with another right hand. We have the pig pen just below the stage. So it's off to the side of the ramp. Austin grabs Eric Bischoff. Like Eric Bischoff's about to get kicked out of a bar like an old time movie. (laughs) Get the hell out of here, you bum. So Austin grabs Eric Bischoff and tosses him off the stage just like that. Right into the pig pen. Austin wins the redneck triathlon. He runs back into the ring to celebrate with some cold ones. So he's drinking those beers and he's celebrating. And while this is not a wrestling match, this is another win for Stone Cold Steve Austin against Eric Bischoff. So some of his last matches, <laughs> some of his last competitions were against Bischoff. Two out of three. He had Bischoff, The Rock, and now Bischoff again. <laughs> and there it is, Redneck Triathlon. Davey, what do you make of the Redneck Triathlon? Ah, uh, disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are you what are you going to get from it, man? Yeah, kind of. A- <laughs> Uh, I'll take a joke for 2000, Alex. Yeah. So, Mae Young steals the show with the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, she definitely does. With, in this contest, you know, yeah, in this, in this triathlon. Wrinkly cellulite ass. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. All right, so that concludes this week's episode, episode 129. Next week, we'll be back with episode 130, heading more into June of 2003. We'll cover the rest of June and... As I alluded to earlier, we're going to have more with Austin and Kane. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. I won't talk anymore. But some of you who know your history, you'll know what's about to happen with Kane here in 2003. 
All right, so that's that. Uh, we're going to take a quick little break. So take a listen to Alex and Travis from Talking Taker. They plug their show, Talking Taker. Take a listen. We'll be right back with Bottom Line Wrap-Up. Hey, Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. This is Alex Dorio. And this is Travis White. And we are the co-hosts of the Talking Taker podcast. You have heard us advertised by Mike and JV on the show every single week. And now that we have come to the end of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the dead man after 187 episodes, three and a half years, we just want to send a big, big thank you to Mike and JV and to all of you guys for listening and supporting the show after all this time. Yeah, we thank you guys so much. Thanks for the support from your, from uh, Mike and JV and all of their fans. And as always, take a reason. back now for the bottom line wrap-up let's get right into our podcast plug so you just heard talking taker but this week or this month rather since they're on a monthly schedule now since they've wrapped up covering the career of the undertaker pay-per-view by pay-per-view they're now at episode 192 in their monthly special episodes and this month they are doing a watch along this was a great episode i checked it out it was fun it was a hell in a cell match undertaker versus hbk Heartbreak Kid, the original Hell in a Cell match from In Your House, Bad Blood. Hell of a match, hell of an episode of Talking Taker. So check them out. Go back into the archives and relive the career of the dead man. Also, check out Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast with Mike Mills, Hardbody Hopper, and Doc Turner, as they are every Thursday covering NWA World Championship Wrestling. And on this week's episode, they are covering May 12th, 1990. Check them out. It's booking the territory. Also check out our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast with Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. This week is episode 242. And in their new opening segment, it's called Anywhere But New York. And the, the premise of their segment is things that worked out everywhere other than WWF. And this week's topic is Barry Windham. Did not work out in WWF. <laughs> So check that segment out. And then in their Royal Flush, it's week one of the Royal Flush for the worst WWE pay-per-views. The two that get brought up into the rankings of the worst WWE pay-per-views, WWF pay-per-views, is WrestleMania 9 and King of the Ring 1995. When Mabel wins the King of the Ring. That sucked ass. That was a big disappointment at the time. And also they review an episode of Universal Wrestling Federation UWF, which is Mid-South Wrestling, basically. I was say, what the fuck is that? Yeah, it was Mid-South, and they changed their name to UWF. What year? In 1986. Hmm. So, 1986, Bill Watts changes the name. He wants to go national and compete with WWF, but then they go, he goes bankrupt and sells to WCW <laughs> the next year, 1987. And that's when people like Sting, Rick Steiner came into WCW because they came from 
WWF oh, itself. Oh, shit. Yep, they're part of the deal. So they're going to cover a good episode from November 15th, 1986. And this episode got me on a binging spree this past week. I've watched all of November and December 1986 of UWF. <laughs> it's damn good. It's old school, good storylines, fun shit. Young Sting, young Rick Steiner. Man, Rick Steiner's son really does look like Rick Steiner. I mean, it's it was apparent, but to see young Rick Steiner, it's like, holy shit. Bron exactly. Breaker? Bron Breaker. <laughs> yeah, Bron Bullship. He's going to be Steiner before we know it. Like, how can you deny that? I, I, can't, I can't believe they're not already wrong. That's how out of touch they are. Right. It's so stupid. All right. So that's our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. Also, check out Greetings from Allentown, where this week is episode 223. And Peter Winston is checking out NWA main event from June 12th, 1988. And the big match on that show was Arn Anderson versus Lex Luger. Armed Anderson versus Lex Luger. <laughs> Luger gun. Yeah. Armed Anderson? <laughs> yeah, Armed Anderson. <laughs> With his gun on AEW. <laughs> yeah. I'll blow your brains out. Hey, that's he's putting on some of the best promos of his... I don't yeah. Know, I watched a lot of his early career, but that's the type of promos he was doing back... Oh, yeah. In the, in the 80s. Jesus. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah, I guess um, he was told by Cody Rhodes... You know, with like what to do with the promo, he said, "Go out there and just surprise me." So, Anderson <laughs> just pulled out, pulled that out. Cody of his Rhodes ass. is a genius. <laughs> just go out and surprise me. He comes with an old school promo like that. It's awesome. All right. Also, check JV it out. JV and I out on the Extreme ECW livecast. This week's episode covered March twenty eighth and April fourth, nineteen ninety five. We do watch along style of ECW Hardcore TV. You know, we started all the way back in 93, and we've just, like I said, got into April of 1995. So there's plenty of few uh, free episodes available to you on the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast feed. If you just scroll back into the history, you'll find some episodes to get a little taste. But if you want to get more episodes, you have to sign up to the Book in the Territory Patreon. So Patreon.com slash Book in the Territory. It's the $5 tier, $5 a month. You get all their great content, and then you also get the Extreme ECW Livecast on bi-weekly basis. All right, so check us out there. And that wraps up our plugs. Let's move on now to the Oh Hell Yeah moment of the week. I kind of gave my Oh Hell Yeah moment away. And JV, I think you might have the same. I'll let you go. And if you don't, then I'll take mine. All right, all right. We're in. We're we're in sync there. All right, so Mm -hmm. yeah. May Young. Mae Young just steals the show. She comes out. She makes some shitty-ass segments more exciting, more fun. Always. You know, and that's exactly what you want sometimes with wrestling. Just give me some fun. Give me something to laugh at. And that's what she does. And, and you know, coming off, maybe this is why they switched the burping contest with the with the pie-eating contest. Because if they went with the pie-eating contest first, then it's downhill from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. I'll start shitty with the burping contest because you know that one's gonna suck the mo- suck the most. You can't put that last because that's not what you know. The pig pen was had to be last because that's the whole you know that wraps everything up, yeah. right? So yeah, you had to go burping first because that sucked. And you can just hide that away with May Young, like oh yeah, you forgot about that burping thing because the May Young thing was funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think that's probably why they did that. So yeah, that's oh hell yeah moment of the week. And now what's our oh hell no moment of the week? 
All right, I'm going to stick to my guns. I said it earlier. My oh hell no moment of the week is going to be Errol Hebner's botch in his main event refereeing match. You know, refereeing of the main event on Raw from June second, two thousand three, where he's making the pin and he just stops at two, but then calls for the bell and acts like the match is over. And nobody knows what the fuck is going on because of poor communication from him. He he had a brain freeze, whatever the fuck. He messed up big time. That was oh hell no. It was a good show. And then it ended like crap. It ended like they didn't even know how to go off the air. That's how bad it was. So, oh, hell no to Earl Hebner. He deserves it. That's what I'm going with. JV, what do you got? You got something different? or what are you going Yeah, with? I, I think the Stone Cold confronting Kane stuff. You don't like that? Nah. Oh. All right. What's your reasoning? Some reason? I don't think Kane should be booked like that. Like a Like a pussy? Yeah. I mean, him being booked that way, you know, it's leading to something. Yeah, you know, I forget what it leads to, so that's probably yeah. why I don't get it. All right, so yeah, so you needed him to be losing and look like shit for Austin to get on his ass. Yeah. He doesn't lose the mask, does he? Because uh... <laughs> that sucks, too. All right. Well, yeah, Kane but... without the mask sucks. You're on to something then. All right, so yeah, you know, not to give too much away, but yeah, that's going to happen soon. So yeah, if you don't like that, then yeah, then then you're yeah. justified. <laughs> yeah, right, I am. I hated maskless Kane. I hated so, that. All right, so we'll, next week we're going to hear more about JV hating maskless Kane because it's happening, man. <laughs> yeah, there's not much more to it than that, so you're just going to hear me yell at the clouds again. I think the episode is just going to be called Maskless <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like being naked. Like Kane being naked, you know? This whole aura was about being unknown. The mask. What the yeah. fuck you take his mask off for? I never liked when he was maskless. I hated it. He ends up being maskless for a while. Yeah, a long time. Yeah, it takes a while before he gets it back. Alright, so that's oh hell yeah and oh hell no moments of the week. JV uh, threw me off with that one because I thought you enjoyed the segment, but you you were th- thinking a little deeper than just the segment. No, whole, I just don't like book Kane's. It was it was entertaining, but I don't like my like you don't book Kane like that. Yeah, like a chump. Yeah. All right, good. I like it. A little different. All right, so that's it, guys. That's episode one twenty nine, and we're out of here. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening as always. And again, remember, you know, next week we're heading into late June, and you know we kind of gave it away, but we're going to be dealing with Kane and. The unveiling of Kane's face because of Austin just pushing and pushing. And yeah, we're going to get some some fun stuff to talk about next week. All right. So tune in next week for episode 130. Davey, any final words before we head on out? All right, guys. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next week. So long. And that's the bottom line. And as far as I'm concerned, this is over with. So get the hell out of here. Yeah.
I'm not afraid to 